Hey everyone, this is Jody Vesley again here with the Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver Podcast. Um, thanks to all of you guys who have reached out to me and told me how helpful and meaningful and useful this podcast has been for you and how encouraging and needed it's been. I really do appreciate that. If there is something that you have found to be useful in the Heartway podcast, uh, please let me know about it. Uh, this is not only encouraging to me, but it helps me to guide uh, what topics I speak on for these different episodes and, and formulating new seasons of the podcast. It's helpful uh, because I want to provide something useful and helpful to, to those who are on the podcast, who, who listen to it regularly. And so um, thank you guys for your support. Uh, we are still in season three, uh, which the theme of season three has been stories. And so today I'm going to share with you uh, some stories about my studies in university, particularly on my thesis and uh, that I wrote on Russian worldview and how that played a part in uh, our mission work that we that we were doing in Russia. And so before I get into the podcast today, I want to let you know my view of success is not, you know, possibly the typical view of success. I would recommend listening to season one, episode four, uh, which is called Success and Failure. To hear my view of success, I'm not going to elaborate it, elaborate on it much today. Um, but with that being said, I view what happened and is happening in Russia uh, to be a success in in what God called us to do there, and what and um, what God called us to do there, and also uh, what happened there and what is happening there. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to share what process I went through in developing a mission plan specifically geared to reach people in that culture and plant a church in that culture. Uh, just a little bit about church planting. Technically, it is God who builds his church. We are just to be active in fulfilling the Great Commission and following him. Uh, when you accept, when someone accepts Christ, it wasn't you. When someone is called to the ministry, it wasn't you. When a church is planted, again, it wasn't you. God can use you to be a small part of doing these things, but please never forget, it isn't you. It is God. With that being said, there is freedom in methodology under the umbrella of the Bible with the Holy Spirit's leading when it comes to kingdom work. About today's episode, this is what God used me to do on the mission field. Can you do it differently? Yeah. Is one unscriptural? It could be if it goes against scripture. However, I view my approach was scriptural and I view several different approaches as scriptural. I don't approach very often situations that are unscriptural, but I know they are out there uh, and are popular. I just personally don't have an encounter uh, with with people doing spiritual, unscriptural approaches to kingdom work. Uh, 
personally. So what is the scriptural approach? You guys can look into something called the Pauline cycle, uh, which is the approach Paul used to make, uh, to, to plant churches, uh, or churches planted by others than Paul. Of course, uh, we just don't have as much information other than when Jesus planted the first church. And there's just not as much information. Most of the New Testament, um, a lot of the New Testament uh, is information uh, written from Paul or about what Paul was doing and, uh, and about what Jesus was doing. So scripture does provide room for leading by the Holy Spirit to plant churches differently based on the spiritual gifts God has gifted you with and the culture uh, that God has led you into to make disciples and for a church to be planted. My method goes back to my master's studies and thesis. I studied global studies uh, at Liberty University and I wrote on the differing of worldviews of Soviet versus post-Soviet Russians. Uh, you, you should be able to find that on Google uh, if you would like to read that. And if you can't find it, just reach out to me and I'll send a link to you. Any good missions teacher or veteran missionary will encourage a new missionary to learn the culture of the place he is going. Worldview is culture at the deepest level. In the iceberg illustration, it would show the unseen beneath the surface cultural elements that manifest themselves in the scene elements of culture like music, food, TV, comedy, books, language, and so on. So understanding the worldview of the people you're going to share Christ with will help you to understand them on a much deeper level. And this is going to be even more helpful in mission work. With that in mind, I did a lot of research to write my th thesis. I did surveys, interviews, group interviews, tons of reading, um, and doing that helped me to understand Russians better, which helped me to formulate ministries, avoid other ministries, and gave me a better idea of what to expect and not expect. This kept me encouraged and on the field longer, um, rather than if I had uh, expectations that maybe other missionaries could have, like quick conversions by the masses with churches planted quickly. Uh, I know that's like really the most ideal thing that everyone would like to see. However, uh, it's not um, the case in all different cultures at all times. Uh, a lot of cultures don't work that way. And in those cultures, nothing is quick. Uh, one of the first elements of culture I learned about Russians is that there is a significant worldview difference in Russians. And I'm talking about those who live in St. Petersburg, Russia. And in this worldview difference, it's, there's a significant shift that happens to those that were born um, after 1981 than those who were born before 1981. And so thus we have the Soviet uh, versus post-Soviet Russians, those who were uh, alive and remembered uh, some of their experience during Soviet-era Russia versus post that time. So what can I expect from a Soviet Russian that is different than a post-Soviet Russian? I think it is easy to understand as Americans and what we can expect from like boomers 
is different than what we can expect from, for instance, millennials. The background and history experience for each generation is different, and that affects their worldview and thus their culture. So I'm going to minister differently to Soviet Russians than post-Soviet Russians. This definitely affected what ministries we did and how we did them. Soviet Russians in general tend to be more hopeless, less trusting, and more submissive to the government than post-Soviet Russians. Likewise, post-Soviet Russians tend to be more rebellious, open, and hopeful. Now this is changing through what is currently happening with Ukraine. However, if you notice photos of protests, they tend to be younger people. Also, post-Soviet Russians are more open to trying new things and believing things that differ from the norm. Also, there is much, uh, much more hope for change. I am not sure how much of that is sticking in the present. However, Soviet Russians tend to miss um, some of the aspects of communism. They don't like uh, the idea of being homeless or, or something like that, which wasn't really possible under the communist regime. Uh, even though the atmosphere and the quality of life was much harsher in general. Uh, the idea was, you know, everyone took care of each other enough to whereas now um, that has shifted some and <clears throat> you do come across uh, homeless people. So in the context of ministry, we felt led to do something that differed from the traditional Orthodox model. We didn't want to be in competition with the Russian Orthodox Church, but instead offer something completely different yet still culturally appropriate. So we decided to plant a church that met in our home. Um, and again, I use this terminology because it's the most common ter terminology, but it's ultimately God, right? Who, who's responsible. And so planting a church in our home completely clashed with the traditional model of the importance of cathedrals and the impersonal aspect of attending service, not, not interacting with other people in the church. Uh, attending church gatherings in our home was, was on the flip side, very personal. Uh, we ate dinner together, meals, uh, especially dinner are a big part of Russian culture. The experience is long and personal a lot of times, and uh, this, this helped to get everyone in a more open state and, and closer to each other. And, and in doing that, we, um, that's how we would start our, our church gatherings. And then we transitioned to the worship aspect of those gatherings. We tried to keep this uh, informal and interactive so as to not present a teacher-student teacher atmosphere. Uh, a teacher-student atmosphere in the Russian culture is not interactive or personal. Uh, in our house, we would sit in a circle, and I spoke from a seat just like everyone else was in. We would take turns praying in a circle. After sharing prayer requests, we would sing uh, with a Russian leading us on guitar uh, when, when, when they were available. We would do this uh, together in a circle, uh, which, is, which is also uh, cultural to, to sing uh, in your house and play an instrument. Like this is, this is just a part of, of, of the culture there more than it is uh, in America right now. Uh, and then after we would worship, we uh, uh, we would uh, sit. Oh, sorry. Before we would worship, we would 
sit in a circle and, and share prayer and blessed. Uh, and then after that, after the worship, I would preach. Um, the message would be interactive. Uh, I would periodically ask questions or let them ask questions, giving everyone an opportunity to answer. Sometimes I wouldn't even be involved in this part. Um, and this put everyone on a more equal level. The last thing we want to do as a pastor or missionary is create an atmosphere that we know more than everyone uh, and and no one is capable of knowing as much as we do and and then we in doing that make everyone feel inferior people are smart of course some more than others i want to be able to pastor and lead those who are are more intelligent than myself uh, one way to do that is to let them have the avenue to speak openly uh, in understanding worldview, you have a better insight into why people say the things they say and act the way they act. So we set up our church planning in a culturally appropriate manner, but listened and spent time with the people so as to better understand them in times of need. Uh, the times of need occurred quite frequently. As you understand worldview and people see that, you become a go-to person when people are seeking advice or guidance in a situation. Uh, every ministry we did as a church was done out of needs in society that we could successfully help with and point people to Christ in doing so. One of those needs uh, was English fluency for both career and travel purposes. Other needs in your community could be uh, physical health, mental health, opportunities to learn new skills, opportunities to meet new people in a safe atmosphere, and so on and so forth. You will have to research and, and meet people to figure these things out. In our situation, our outreach was geared in the manner of English-speaking clubs. St. Petersburg is considered to be the cultural capital of Russia. Some of the best universities in Russia are there, and the society on average is intellectual. Additionally, there are speaking clubs not just for English, but other languages too, including Finnish, French, Spanish, and German. These were good culturally appropriate places to meet new people who are eager to learn and speak, which is helpful if you're trying to share the gospel with intellectual people. One of the most important things I learned about Russian culture is that, a big, is that big decisions take a lot of time, especially about important matters uh, such as what someone believes about something. So we never expected quick decisions from Russians when it came to salvation, baptism, or church membership. This helped us to stick through challenging and slow times. And that's really something that I hope can be encouraging to you guys who are listening, who are in a culture right now where things are slow, things are challenging, just to stick through it. Have reasonable expectations. Don't get caught up in um, what's going on somewhere else in a different culture and someone is seeing quick um, quick um, responses to to the gospel. Uh, that that doesn't happen in every culture uh, at every time. And so uh, in Russia, we did a lot of one-on-one uh, discipleship in, in our house or in coffee shops. Um, and, and we did discipleship and personal evangelism. This was uh, after we got to know someone and built enough respect from the individual for them to respect what we were seeing. 
I would like to give you a few examples of some issues when you don't take culture into account. I want to encourage you to take culture into account as a church planner uh, or as anyone who leads ministry of any sort. Um, if you go into a culture where everyone just wants to appease you in order to get something from you and you ask them to raise their hand if they want to accept Christ, after pleading for them to accept Christ, I would encourage you to think on that. If you go into a culture that is more rural and everyone knows everyone and you come in as an outsider and expect them to leave that culture and step out of it to come to a church that you are in the process of planning, I would encourage you to think on that. If you go into a culture where the average person is intellectual and you don't have any education outside of high school and you expect them to listen to anything you have to say, including the gospel, I would encourage you to think on that. If you go to a culture where the average person says they are a Christian and you end up noticing that sin is running rampant in your community, but you just stay in the walls of your house or church and expect people to change from your preaching alone, I would encourage you to think on that. If you go into a people-pleasing culture and are pushing Christ on them, then you see a lot of professions of faith, but not much after that, and I would encourage you to think on that. If you are in the Bible Belt and your church is growing, but mostly transfer growth, then I would encourage you to think on that. If you live in the South, in the U.S., and you don't spend time with your members and are more event-focused and your membership is declining, then I would encourage you to think on that. If you go into a culture in which the general population takes a month off in the summer and then go and plan a bunch of events in the summer and wonder why they aren't being well attended, then I would encourage you to think on that. If you leave a culturally cold climate that has a high percentage of intellectuals after a couple years because you haven't seen someone come to Christ, then I would encourage you to think on that. And lastly, if you bring people to, or sorry, if you bring Christ to a people group, uh, who then overwhelmingly make professions uh, of faith in Christ, but uh, then continue to pray to false gods in addition to Christ, I would encourage you to think on that. Um, I could go on and on with the dangers of not taking worldview and culture into account, but I think the point is clear. I don't want to tell you what to do. Um, I am not in your context. I am not in your culture. I am not you. I don't have the spiritual giftings you have. Uh, I don't have the calling that you have. And so I would ask that you uh, just seek out the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Spirit uh, sometimes moves in ways that we don't fully understand because we can't see the full picture. Uh, so don't get caught up uh, in the idea that uh, where you're at needs to happen. Like what what's happening and where you're at and your calling and your culture needs to look like what's happening somewhere else or in some book you've read or something like that. And then when you don't see that happening, you get discouraged. Uh, I can tell you after being uh, in Russia for a while, continuing with this ministry online, um, sometimes people bring out to me, um, you know, usually it's some country in Africa where they have some other missionary they know or partner with and there's, there's just all of these you know exciting things happening you know uh, thousands of people coming to Christ multiple churches being planted each year and so on and so forth and they and they mention this to me and I share kind of what I'm experiencing going on with my calling in Russia and 
you can tell. <laughs> you can tell they're just not as interested or as excited, and that can be a discouragement. However, uh, you, as that individual being called uh, to one of those cultures and one of those situations, and the expectation is, is that you're not going to see as much happen in such a short amount of time, um, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Uh, if you have a call, you will have peace with what you're doing. Uh, you will see God working in people's lives, even though it may not be in the same way and as quickly as in other cultures, but that's okay. <laughs> it is okay. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean that um, God isn't using you. It doesn't mean that you've misread God's calling and you need to contemplate everything and think, well, you know, I just need to go somewhere else or I just need to abandon this. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, and so <laughs> I, I, it, it, I think we've talked about the call before and I, and earlier this season, I uh, told you about my call into ministry and foreign missions. And it, it, again and again and again, you'll hear those who are called but aren't following the call are just at a they're just at unrest uh, spiritually. And when you are following the call, even if things aren't going easily, even if things are challenging, you have peace through that. And uh, it's a peace that only is explainable uh, by God, that, that it's just a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that, um, that God gives you because you're in his will. And so I just uh, would encourage you to Think on that and, and rely on that and not so much get caught up in what's happening elsewhere. Uh, if, it, if it's going to be a discouragement to you or if it's going to be something that, um, you know, tempts you. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, sometimes people do uh, lie I think that's the easiest way to say it, lie on their mission reports in terms of, you know, what's really going on in terms of attendance and profession of faith and so on and so forth. And this, it's sad, but um, when we get caught up in a, in a culture that has a certain expectation of timing and and, and what should happen in a time period um, in terms of spiritual fruit, then the temptation becomes to lie. And that's not good for anybody. That, that just harms the whole cause of Christ. It harms us spiritually. It harms other mission works that are happening. And so um, definitely, definitely, definitely don't do that. Instead, uh, if you are a missionary out there or a pastor out there and you're discouraged and, and you're facing uh, other people coming up to you and, and, and bringing out, well, you know, this is happening at this church or this is happening with this missionary. Why? What's going on here? I would encourage you just to use that time as a way to educate uh, the person that you're talking to, education, educate them about 
the worldview of the people that you're dealing with, the culture, the people you're dealing with. Uh, if you know more about the worldview and culture of the other people or the other place that they're bringing out, then go ahead and <laughs> educate them on that too. And I think when we, you know, do this with a good heart and a good mindset, um, you know, reasonable people uh, will will be able to see and understand this. Um, yeah. So. I uh, hope this has been encouraging to you. Maybe you've got some ideas as a pastor or missionary on um, some some different methods you would like to try, or if you're not really sure what to try at this point, to to really dive into asking people questions to help them help you to know why they do what they do, why they believe what they believe. To go deeper and deeper and deeper by asking the question why. And as you do this. And as you study about the people you're with and, and learn about the people you're with and interact with them, I think you'll have a better understanding of them. And as you have a better understanding of them, you'll know how to better minister to them. So I hope this has been a super uh, helpful and encouraging podcast to you. I have, have enjoyed doing this and I look forward to our last season of uh, or sorry, our last episode of season three, which will which will be next week's episode, um, and I think we're going to discuss. Uh, what am I going to discuss next week? I will discuss. Um, I'm not sure. I I can't find it right now. I was trying to think on it. Oh yeah, here we go. Our journey. Our journey in Russia when the laws changed in Russia and when we came stateside and started our Heartway and Russian Ministries online. So that one is probably going to be a little bit longer. <laughs> there's there's a lot that, that happened in that process and is happening today. And it's going to be a definitely an emotional podcast episode for me. Um, so I would ask that you would, you would pray for me as I prepare for that and, and present that. Um, and and I hope that in that story next week, um, when you are going through transitions, uh, when major changes take place, that you don't lose heart that you don't abandon your calling, that you don't abandon your ministry, and that you just trust God through it and 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 look for him to to guide you and and still use you uh, in in the calling that he's given you that he's called you to and and not to abandon that despite what is happening in the world. And so it may not look the same way it did before, uh, but don't abandon it. And so it's going to be an encouraging yet emotional podcast. I think I think if you can't relate, I think a lot of you will be able to relate to it. If there's a way you can't relate to it, um, and you're in this journey of ministry at some point in time, uh, you're going to come into a season where you will be able to relate. And so. I encourage everyone, anyone and everyone to to tune in next week for that podcast episode. Uh, until then, this has been the Heartway Podcast, where we seek to help with issues at the source. Until next time.